Before I uh, start today, I, I just really need to uh, uh, thank you guys. Um, and by thanking you, I want to inform you of what you've done. You have done such a wonderful thing for people you don't even know. So yesterday, we had our back-to-school bash, and um, uh, I know it's a little dark in here, but uh, Tim, would you raise your hand? Tim Beglis. Tim is from the Salvation Army here in, in southeast uh, uh, Massachusetts, and Tim was the uh, guy that came to me to uh, begin the start of uh, what became the back-to-school bash, and he and the Salvation Army did a great job. Tim, thanks so much for all that you took care of. It really, really good. Um, uh, he's been doing events like this around in other parts of, of the state and uh, just came to Mansfield. And, and so we began to brainstorm and do a bunch of different things. And yesterday was the culmination of all that brainstorming, all that working, all the things that you donated. So if you brought uh, school supplies, if you helped to pack backpacks, if you uh, uh, carried stuff over, if you set stuff up, if you uh, uh, played games with kids yesterday, if you were playing music yesterday, John did a great job doing all that and keeping the spirit light. And we had um, uh, folks from uh, Mansfield PD and from Massachusetts State Police and, and businesses and other churches in the community. And you should have seen uh, not just the, the, the gratitude, but the surprise on people's faces when we said, you want a backpack? Really? Yeah. And there's stuff in it? Yeah. And, and it made a big difference in a lot of families' lives. And you know what? What a blessing. It wasn't fussing. It wasn't complaining. It wasn't somebody else ought to be doing this, and how come somebody gets that and I don't? It was, I've got some stuff here. Um, I... I, I I don't even know you, and I want to help you. That's who we're supposed to be. And, and you know what happens? This becomes a narcotic for us. And I mean that in the best sense. Uh, it does. It becomes a narcotic, and we say, this was so much fun. I loved getting cotton candy all up on my arm and in my ears and in my nostrils. It was so much fun yesterday. And, 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 and just, it was just really, really good. We got lots of film and lots of pictures, and John's going to do a great job this week um, putting together a, a short video uh, that we can see. So uh, keep your eyes out for that. But I just needed to tell you, thank you, and there's more coming. Okay, so it's just uh, really, really neat. Great job, Edgewood. You really did a good job. Um, so we're, we're almost done. I know you guys are thinking that um, I told you uh, just a, a couple of months ago that we we're going to do the Ten Commandments, and I, by now you're probably thinking that I added 68 of them because we've been doing this for so long. But we're, we're, we're almost done. Uh, we're, we're getting there, and, and we're studying them not because these are rules that God has made, and if we uh, just happen to do the wrong thing in the wrong way at the wrong time, we are just absolutely out of luck, and there's, there's nothing that we can do. That's not why God gave us these commandments. God had a relationship with uh, the people that came out of Egypt. He had rescued them. He had saved them, and having now established that aspect of the relationship, he says, now that you, you and I have a relationship, let me show you how to live. Let me give you some guidelines that you can live by, some commands that you just need to live by, because not only will you bless one another in following them, 
them, but you'll live a life that pleases God. And that's why we do this. So when our subtitle really is uh, wisdom to live by uh, and, and practical ways to do that, it's not just trying to see, okay, did I do the right thing? Okay, I got that taken care of. Now I can go on and do whatever I want. No. It's, I, I, I want to be happy in life. I, I, I want to have good relationships with my spouse, with my kids, with my neighbors, with my friends, with those that I work with. And when things go wrong, I, I, I want to be able to figure out how to restore that health again. And that's why these last couple, even though they're stated very, very simply, there's incredible depth here. It is broad. And, and, and the scope it really is deep about everything that we're talking about. So we're in the ninth commandment uh, today. And the ninth commandment um, is in uh, Exodus chapter 20, verse 16. It says, you shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. All right. The message version says no lies. No lies. It's really not that hard, but you know what? We make it really hard. We start having half definitions and partial understandings, and it really gets old after a while. The command, like uh, many others, is about relationships. That's really what this is about. Uh, My relationship with you, your relationship with me, your relationship with God, my relationship with God. It's about a relationship with reality. That's really what this is about. This is the significance of being honest. Why it's so important for who we are and where we are. Verification documents are necessary to validate one's word. And they're necessary when one's word or promise is not enough security for you and I to feel comfortable with proceeding. Verification documents are required for some agreements when two parties don't know one another. Yet when people do know one another, truth, are you ready? Truth is the verification of relationships. Truth allows relationships to be built on reality. When truth is present, relationships are healthy. When lies are present, relationships are damaged. And sometimes irreparably so. Defining truth, believe it or not, is easy. Sometimes. The longer we live, the more we understand how complex truth is at times can really be. There are truth statements that many adults get and some can't. There are truth statements that some children can get, but many cannot. Sometimes things aren't always what they seem to be. There's half-truth, Whole truth, my truth, your truth, the ugly truth, and the truth that will set you free. And sometimes we don't have any idea what truth really is. The 
problem is every statement that is uttered can be valid, but not necessarily true. I'll let you chew on that for a bit. Every statement that is uttered can be valid, but not every statement that is uttered is true. And we have to sort it out sometimes. God knows the truth and the deceit of the hearts of every person. He knows that you and I can fear the truth. We fear it because sometimes we're afraid what might happen if we actually say what we know. And so sometimes we'll only tell partly what we know. Or we'll make it up. And sometimes we can be really, really good at that. In any and every culture, the establishment of courts to settle matters which are in dispute relies, relies on the foundation of truth. When a relationship is damaged to the point that one's word can no longer be trusted, there may come a time when a serious legal or financial matter may need to be settled. Someone else may have to testify regarding you, or if they have specific knowledge, the matter itself, the incident, the statement, etc. Their sworn statement is considered essential in helping to settle whatever this matter happens to be. And to make a false statement is not only to give prejudice to the matter, but it undermines the court as well. It damages everything. And if it damages the legal or the financial scope of things, what do you think it does to relationships? At least the legal matter can have a final statement. The financial matter can have a bottom line. But what about relationships? Yeah. It's quiet for a reason. The verification process is essential and necessary for matters when the parties are familiar, excuse me, unfamiliar with one another. Yet people who know, listen now, people who know one another don't always require verification because they know one another. It's just that simple. It's not complicated. The exchange of, the, of their word is enough. Why? Because they know one another. But just in case, just in case the strength of our relationships is not compelling enough for you and I to say the thing that should be said or ought to be said or must be said, just in case there's some other kind of fear that persuades us to say what is not accurate or what is less than accurate or to say nothing at all, God says, don't make a false statement. Don't give a false witness. Don't give false testimony. Don't do that. Don't say things that someone else didn't say. Don't say things that someone else didn't do. And notwithstanding the wonderful blessing of Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and everything else. Our opinions 
short of fact, don't matter. Jesus, as he always does, makes some, uh, some things like this so much simpler. We, you and I write laws, or our culture, our, our legislatures, they write laws, local, state, federal, etc. And, and the words just turn uh, multiple syllables into multiple sentences, into multiple pages. And Jesus takes multiple pages and multiple uh, paragraphs and multiple sentences, and he distills them down to just simple things. In Matthew chapter 5, he says this, Again, you have heard it say, said to the men of old, You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not swear at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it's the city of the great king. And do not swear by your head. You can't even make one hair white or black. Well, (laughs) I was going to say, I wasn't going to get into the whole coloring discussion, but um, let me just simply say, let, let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. Wow. I married an explainer. I did. And sometimes the answer that I, when I ask a question, sometimes it'll start off in a, uh, it'll start off somewhere that, had nothing to do with the original question. And eventually we're going to get to the answer. We're going to do that. And, and, and most of the time it's just fine. But when my wife and her sister and her mother and my daughters all get together, and, 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 and listen, uh, it, it, I, I just want to know, yes or no. Okay? I'm teasing now. Because most of the time it's a lot of fun. But Jesus just makes it simple. Let your yes be yes, and your no be no. Because if you have to swear on something, then what's that say about your word? Think about that. Jesus is really saying honesty is the best policy. It always has been, it always will be. And when we're consistently honest, we don't have to necessarily worry about what we will or will not swear on to verify our word. We don't have to come up with sadistic phrases like um, uh, cross uh, my heart and hope to die and stick a needle in my eye or whatever. What does that mean anyway? I mean, if we really meant that when we said it, there'd be a whole lot of blind people. Wouldn't there? So that's the perspective, okay? Okay. That's the point that Jesus is getting at. No more crazy, sadistic children's rhymes to validate things that shouldn't necessarily need validation. Let your yes be yes, and your no be no. After all, when it's all said and done, this whole discussion started out with God's understanding of the relationship that he now has with us, and he wants us to have with him. And in the beginning, the people uh, that were living in Egypt, now out of Egypt, that relationship was established. And he said, in the beginning, remember, no other gods before me. Don't make idols. Uh, remember the Sabbath. Honor your mother and father. Don't murder. Don't commit adultery, etc. All those kinds of things, because all of that comes from the relationship that he has with you and me and we have with him. And 
if he is really, really honest with us, he wants us to be really honest with him. And once we're really honest with him, then we can be honest with each other. It's not that sophisticated. We make it that way. But it's really not necessary. All the fluff, all the extra stuff. If we can't be honest with God, then how can we be honest with ourselves? And if we can't be honest with ourselves, how are we going to be honest with someone else? And if we're known to be dishonest, then what do others think when we start talking about Jesus? Can you imagine yesterday, if we were handing out the backpacks, we said, they're free. That'll be $5. It's kind of like the tax at the bottom of your cell bill. Right? Yeah, yeah it's, it's only $39.99 for the month. Plus the 9-11 fee, plus the state communication fee, plus the federal communication fee, plus the, you know. No, no, wait a minute. We kind of feel like we've been the bait and switch kind of a perspective. On the other hand, if we're honest with God, it's really honest to be, it's really easy for you and I to be honest with ourselves. And if we're honest with ourselves, it's honest, easy to be honest with others. And if we really are known to be honest, then people will give us the benefit of the doubt when we're talking about Jesus, even if they think otherwise in the beginning. Because you and I are a walking, truthful testimony about the power of God in our lives. This is why God gives this command. So, you and I have to be honest with God. We have to be honest with God. That's where this all starts. The more sinful we are, the harder it is to be honest. And when it's all said and done, we're more sinful than even I think we're capable of acknowledging. We're more sinful than we'll ever admit. And God, who knows every single thought, word, and deed, is more merciful to you and me than we will ever, ever know. You know, I, um, I went to school to do this job before I became a parent. And I think in some ways, parenting is a master's degree in theology. Because sometimes it's when you try and teach your child and your child doesn't obey, your child disappoints, your child makes a mistake that costs him or her and you try to say, we, we talked about this. We talked about this. And yet you decided that you knew better. You knew more. You understood. That's hard, 
It really is hard. But you know what's funny about that? Is that you and I, we don't remember what we were like when we were that same age. I mean, we do, but then again, we don't. We forget. And it's in that forgetting that sometimes we then allow ourselves a little bit more mercy than God's already extended. We pad our account with a little more grace than God's already given. But we don't sometimes extend that to others when we're talking to them about it. That's why it's really important. It has has to start with the honesty that we have with God. It's a very private relationship. It's very personal. It it, it acknowledges things that no one else knows. Uh, I I love what the psalm says here. Psalm chapter 69, verse 5, the message version says this, God, you know every sin I've committed. My life is a wide open book before you. God, you know everything. And, and I, I recognize that this is not rocket science, this is not sophisticated, but sometimes you and I try to deceive ourselves that God doesn't know what's going on. You know, that he doesn't know right now what we have in our pockets. That he doesn't know right now what we're thinking. It's kind of, uh, uh, this is a, it's kind of like when you, you get up in the middle of the night or maybe you go to a room in your house that doesn't have uh, natural light in it. And the last time you were in that room, you know that there's a chair over there, there's a box over here, there's a garbage can over there, and I think I put something down over in the middle of the room. And, and here's the funny thing. I know if I do this, I can reach just like that and hit a light. But I'm not going to do that. Because I remember where everything is. My mind is awesome. And you take four steps, and awesome turns into ah. Because you stub your toe, you smack your head, you bang your shin, you do whatever, and and you think to yourself, Why didn't I just turn the light on? But lots of times we're afraid of what the light will really do. We're afraid what happens when God goes click. And we'd rather just say, that's okay. I will stumble through. No, no, no. We really need to be honest with ourselves. We need to be honest with God. And when we're honest with God, then we're able to be honest with ourselves. Because God has a way of just looking at you and I. And he says, really? Is that, is that, what, is that what's really going on? Why don't we talk about this over there? Click. Let's talk about that over there. Click. Let's get real honest with God. Because you see, here's what happens. When you're honest with God, sometimes, the reason we're afraid of turning the light on is because we think God's just going to absolutely go boom and bam and smack and, and, and break and, and crunch. And, and, it's, and then we're stunned to find out that God says, no, all the pain's already been taken care of. That's Jesus on the cross. That's 
where that happened. Now, there are consequences at times to the things that we say and the things that we do. There are consequences sometimes to that silly little post that we'll put out there or that, that, that just flippant sentence that we utter. There are. We know all of that. But we come to find out that God's not waiting around the corner to drop the boom on us. What he's really waiting, us to, waiting for us is to just be able to, you and I, to be honest with us so he can bless us with grace and mercy. And the more we do that, the, the easier it becomes. And you know what else is really interesting that happens? The more we do that, not only is it easier to come to God when we do mess up, but we find ourselves not wanting to mess up anymore. Because we'd rather come to God and thank him and, and ask him for more help rather than waste time talking about the same thing that we were talking about last year. Now, we will do that at times, but what happens is this, this wonderful desire to live a life that pleases God takes over, and in taking over, we actually begin to do that. That's what the Bible talks about, being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because the more you begin to think that way, the more you begin to act that way. And so being honest with God, that's where it starts. That's where it starts. And now it could start right here. It could start this afternoon uh, at home. It could start on the drive tomorrow to work, but it needs to start. And God makes it really, really easy. He makes it a whole lot easier sometimes than we make it on ourselves or we make it on others. But it's about being honest with God. After we've been honest with God, then, then we can be honest with others. There's a perspective here that sometimes is really, really hard. Being honest with others is not being blunt, although at times that can happen. Being honest with others is when they know who's really talking to them. Hi, my name's Shan, and I have sinned. I've sinned against God. I've sinned against family. I've sinned against friends. And notwithstanding my sin, God loves me. And he redeemed me. And he helps me every single day. He treats me better than I deserve. Now, if you want to have a discussion with me about how good I am, I'm going to tell you, you don't know who I am. Really. And if you're going to have a discussion with me about how good you are, I'm just going to smile. Because I, I know nobody's that good. Now, if you have a, have a discussion about how we make mistakes and we're trying to do our dead level best just to keep our eyes forward, and I can do barely a good enough job keeping my eyes forward and worrying about me, let alone worrying about what's going on with everybody else. Now, we can talk that, that kind of thing. We, won't, we don't have enough coffee to continue on with that. 
See, this gets beyond just talking or posting about what somebody else is, is, is doing or not doing and how horrible it is and how terrible it is. And, and Jesus dealt with that too. He talked about that parable about the guy who walks around pointing out everybody else's faults about the speck that's in their eye when he's got this big old log, this telephone pole sticking out of his own kind of a thing. And, and we've got all kinds of information I shared this quote with you from uh, Kerry Newoff, the, the leadership guy that I've been, I've been reading about online. He says, the current shortage in our culture isn't a shortage of information. We, we, we've got all kinds of information about anybody and about everybody. And you know what happens? The more we listen, the more we read, the more we just don't want to listen anymore, the more we don't want to read anymore. Because it's, it's, it's just... Ugly white noise. The, the current, he says, the current shortage in our culture isn't a shortage of information. It's a shortage of meaning. We have more than enough what and how and when. We have not enough Why? He continues on, he says, the church can answer why in a world starved for meaning. And the church can answer who in a world that's starving for relationship. And relationships, as we've already determined, can't go forward unless they're truthful. They're based on honesty. Hi, my name's Shan, I'm a sinner, but God has saved me. He's redeemed me. What's your name? And where are you in God right now? That's the point. How we treat one another, and when people watch that, and people see that, and if there's honesty, and there's, there's health there, then people want to say, how'd you do that? How, 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 why do you, how'd you learn how to do that? I want to do that. I'm tired of living uh, three different ways. I'm tired of uh, being this person here and that person there. I'm tired of do that. I was going to pick on Sarah a little bit. Did you guys like the, the video at the beginning of the service like that? You know, the funny thing about that, that's not Sarah. I, I love her, but that's not Sarah. Hi, we are so glad you are here today. If you'd like to get in touch with us. I, I'm looking at her and going, Sarah, that's not you. All right. And when she starts cracking up, when she starts laughing, by the way, uh, coming very soon to a theater near you, John's got all the bloopers from those announcement videos where people didn't do that. And you see people where they really, really are. All right? What they're really, really like. That's why uh, a few weeks ago I was talking about uh, having everybody and, and encouraging everybody to participate in our life groups. We're, we're, uh, we have some groups, we're going to be expanding them, and I want you to be thinking about that. I want you to be thinking about the opportunity to be in a relationship where honesty is powerful and necessary, where people grow closer to God because they glow, grow closer with one another and they're honest about where they've been and what's going on. It doesn't mean that everything has to be spilled and, and most of the time, not everything is spilled. But on the challenges that we do have, most of the time the challenges you have have already been uh, met by others. 
yeah, I, 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 I was there and I blew it. Or I was there and, and I barely got through it, but let me help you so that you don't have to have the burdens that I had. Or, or uh, sometimes, yeah, I, I, I blew it too. You blew it, I blew it. Ha, well, at least I'm not the only one. And to be honest there and to grow closer to God as we grow, grow closer to one another, that's what the groups are really all about. And, and sometimes it's not easy to, to grow in a relationship five minutes before service starts or five minutes after service starts. But, but it is when you go into somebody else's house and you sit around a table, you sit at the counter and you're drinking a cup of coffee or you're sharing a, a meal together. That's what that's really all about. So I want you to keep, I want you to be praying about that. I want you to say, God, can, can I do this? Should I do this? How can I do this? Where would I do this? Is there, God, is there a night that, that really is free that I can participate? And right now, we've got groups that uh, stereotypically, uh, consistently, I should say, meet on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays. I think we're going to be adding a, a Thursday night group. And uh, we're also going to be adding, as Sarah said in the announcements, we're talking about a Financial Peace University. If you don't know who Dave Ramsey is, just log on. Just type in Dave Ramsey on Google and you'll find that. It will bless your life. I have gone through that study. It has made a huge difference in my life financially. Uh, And listen, for the money that you put into it, you'll make it up really, really fast. Trust me on that. I'm speaking truth to you. You'll be blessed as a part of a group. Just by curiosity, raise your hands if you're currently with a group right now, if you're currently attending a group. Take a look, or, take a look at these hands just around and just say, hey, yeah, and, and that's not all that's here, but just take a look and, and, and ask these guys, what, what do you do? <clears throat> What's it like? How long, how long do you stick around? I mean, <clears throat> do you start at, at 5.30 and end at 11? Uh, oh, no. Oh, no. 10.45. Um, <laughs> No, it's not that. It's not. Seriously, we try to keep on, start on time and, and, and just and, and give people a, a, a reasonable expectation of relationship and learning and opportunity and growing together. So think about that as, as you uh, strive to be honest with yourself, honest with God, and honest with each other. To that end, James says in James chapter 5, chapter 4, excuse me, don't criticize And speak evil about each other, dear brothers. If you do, you'll be fighting against God's law of loving one another. Declaring it's wrong. And Romans chapter 12 says this. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Here's the bottom line. Today. Just take some time out if you can. Just some simple time out between you and God and say, God, we need to talk. There's some things that I need to change. There's some things you know I need to change. You know I've needed to change them for a long time. And I've tried before and I failed. I thought I was good enough. I thought I was strong enough. I thought I was smart enough, but I'm not. You know it, and now I'm telling you that I know it. And so, God, I need your help. Will you help me? Will you help me? If you know God, you've probably already had that kind of a discussion. If you don't know God, then the discussion also goes like this. God, I don't know you, but I want to. I don't want to live like this anymore. I want to be free. I want to have that redemption that Shan talked about. I want to have that restored health that he's talked about. That only comes through Jesus. 
when Jesus becomes a part of your life, everything changes. Everything changes. That's when honesty becomes real. And that's when real reality turns into hope and hope into joy, into joy, into life. If you don't know Jesus, I'd like to encourage you to come. Um, uh, John, Matt are right over there. They're our elders. They, they, they could, you can come speak to me. You can come speak to the elders. You can talk to John up here. You can talk to Sarah. Uh, just, just come and, and share with us. What do I do next? What, what's my next step? What, what about repentance? And what about baptism? And, and what's that all mean anyway? And where do I go? Come and talk to us. And, and if, if today's not a good day, you want to think about it, you can email us, you can call us. But it's about being honest with God so we can be honest with one another. Because it's time to go click and turn the light on. God, thank you so much for the simplistic way that you ask us to let our yes be yes and our no be no our yes with you and our yes with each other. So, Father, as we grow, as we come to be a part of you, Father, help us. Help us even now to to consider what our next steps with you uh, might need to be. And after we square away uh, the relationship with you, God, help us then to grow in relationships with one another. Bless us as we move forward. Bless us as we no longer fear for you to turn the light on pray this in Jesus' name.